Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome to Fireteam Chat, IGN's Destiny Show. Thank you so much for joining us. Joining me today is Travis. Look clunky. Brian. And fan favorite Paul Tassie of Forbes Magazine and, and YouTube. He's got a huge fan YouTube favorite. presence. He's blowing up. It's high distinction. Oh, it's blowing up. Yeah. Fan favorite. <laughs> we did a bracket voting system tournament style, and you came out on top. So that's oh right. man. All right, I gotta check, I gotta check out who I beat then. <laughs> <laughs> so on today's show, we're gonna be talking about Deej, his farewell. We're gonna be talking about the raid announcements. We're gonna be talking about the new features console players can expect. Uh, and there was a haunted forest secrets tease that we're gonna get into. So. Um, Honestly, I think the biggest news this week is the departure of Deej. Deej has been a community manager at Bungie since before the game was out. And uh, he's worked with IGN on a lot of occasions. I'm sure he's worked with all of us in, in some respect. And he announced this week in the TWAB that uh, he is going on, uh, going on to do something different. Uh, so here's some of the words he wrote. He said, I'm proud to say that I'm leaving Bungie even more fan than when I arrived those nine years ago. Whoever warned you, whoever warned that you should never meet your heroes didn't have a chance to work in a place like this. I'm taking with me a lifetime of incredible memories of Guardians I would have never known otherwise. Destiny will continue to be an amazing game in part because of you. And you, if you want to read his full post, it's over on Bungie.net right now. And I, I thought we would just take a moment to to just say thank you to Deej for all the work that he did on Destiny, on the franchise, and toss it to anybody on the panel. Does anybody have a nice thing they want to say wishing Deej a fond farewell? I know we've all said it nope. on Twitter already. Nothing nice. No, nothing nice. <laughs> all right. no I, I wrote an article today about the Destiny community team and, and Deej leaving specifically, and I, I think it's the best community team in the business, and since he was the leader of that, that obviously reflects on him a lot. Um, you can see him kind of scaling back and moving behind the scenes like the past little while and kind of handing things off more and more. So I think he's he's well trained his his replacements uh, in, in the other guys and, and girls we know. Uh, but yeah, he's he's a great guy. He's the most calm and collected community manager I've ever seen. Incredibly kind and he will be missed. Yeah. Brian Travis. Brian, your mic's not coming in. <laughs> Might want to fix that. <laughs> <laughs> Travis. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I obviously we've kind of had the privilege of actually hanging out with Deej at at the press events whenever we go to Bungie HQ, and I think we all know that he's like kind of the glue that holds a lot of that team together. He's just really funny. Uh, he's you know animated. He's always happy to see you. Um, he'll just come and like let you into his life and talk about the old school Bungie days and about his. Uh, he has like destiny theme. He likes to like shoot in his free time and he's like destiny theme handguns that he will just like show you pictures of and stuff. He's just like such a nice enthusiastic dude. And you know, he, he built a hell of a team. So it's sad to see him go, but uh, 
yeah, he, you know, he, he touched this community and I think Bungie's culture in a, in a big way for a long time. So, uh, yeah, definitely. I, I've been fortunate sometimes. enough to work with Deej on a lot of projects throughout the last however many years, you know, I've been working on destiny stuff. Uh, I wrote something on Twitter. I'll just, I'll just sort of reiterate that Deej is heading on a new journey after November 6th, but I think the entire community knows just how much he contributed to the destiny franchise. Uh, it wouldn't have been the same nine year journey without him wishing all the best to him with what's to come. Uh, you know, we've hung out with him in uh, Germany during the Destiny meetups. He's been on many of the Destiny shows with me. He did one with CJ, and uh, we got to work with him on a lot of the IGN firsts and everything. And uh, it's been really cool, and I, I wish him all the best with what, what happens next. Brian, did you fix your mic? Brian did not fix his <laughs> mic. So we'll come to Brian later. Brian, just keep working on it. Uh, Deej, wishing you all the best. We also got to talk about the news that came out besides the the deed reveal uh, on this week at Bungie. Let's start. Let's just start from the top. Uh, we're going to start with the raid race because we were talking about it last week and sort of wondering like, when's it going to be? Are they going to do anything with the bounties? We got some answers this week, and the answer is that the raid will be taking place November twenty first at ten a.m. Pacific, a Saturday. Travis. How do you feel about this? You happy about a Saturday uh, release? Yes, I am very happy, both about a Saturday morning release and about the fact that we get 11 days to grind and prepare. And I, I because they're putting the power caps in place so that uh, you know you can you can do all you want to get above the limit, but it's not going to matter after a certain point. I think that's perfect. That's exactly what they should do. Um, and I think when we were talking about this last week, we had said that that's what they should do. And <laughs> they're doing exactly that. So uh, yeah, I think it's a great choice. And I'm, I'm going to be doing the review for IGN probably. So I think uh, this is super helpful for us because you know we're always trying to keep up with the community, do all the capture and all the stuff that you have to do when you're working on a review and get raid ready in time. And so that was really stressful for Shadowkeep. So I'm excited to have a little bit more time for it this, uh, this time around. So yeah, I'm excited. Uh, Paul? What about you? How do you feel about this date? Um, I think there were very few good, like truly good options they could have done. I mean, <laughs> given the release date, November 10th, and then given all the games coming out in the next week, um, having it be at the end of that. So like it's after all the releases, but it's like it's two days after Cyberpunk. So I guess it depends on your gaming priorities um, and how much time you're going to be able to grind for the raid race in between all that other stuff coming out in between it. And then every day, there's more and more stuff added uh, to that list. Like the new Borderlands update is, is coming out uh, that same that same week. And in addition to the other games we already know about. That said, I, I think they were kind of between a rock and a hard place. And this is probably, like Travis says, the, the best date they could have come up with. I think like 10 days or so is probably enough time to somewhat casually grind out uh, up to the contest mode cap. And it's probably it probably would have been too weird to wait too much longer than that. Um, it does create the kind of weird situation where console players aren't getting the full update, which we'll talk about in a second until December 8th. So not that, con not that console players are like really ever in super good contention for worlds first, but I could, I could have seen them pushing it even further just to accommodate that, but that would have been a really long time to wait. And Brian, what do you think about it? Uh, Saturday launch, uh, you're going to have 10 days. Are you excited? That's exactly what I think Travis just mentioned it. We were that was like best case scenario for us. 
um, having that, having 10 days is amazing. Cause like, I think the last time it was, uh, what, three days, what was Garden yeah. Salvation? It was three days to, to it do was it? three days. That, that's rough, man. Cause like you had, I mean, the, the most effective way to like, to get ready for the raid is to sort of just do old content before starting the story missions. Cause sometimes those, you know, give you powerful drops and you want to save those, um, you know, so this time I, I'm feeling like I'm going to be able to just jump into Beyond Light and start consuming the new content right away, rather than just getting in, doing PvP, doing strikes, all that same stuff we've always been doing. So I'm really excited to like kind of just have a chill launch rather than just rushing and rushing to get ready for that raid. It's going to be a nice change of pace. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty stoked. There's also a few other things to note. Contest mode will cap players at 20 power below each encounter for 24 hours. Artifact power will be disabled during contest mode. 1230 power is your team's goal to be at cap for all the encounters. I honestly think like, like I wasn't going to do this at all. But when I heard I'm going to have 10 days and then it's happening on a Saturday, I was like, I started putting calls out to just see if anybody is looking for a crew. I have three right now. I'm still looking for people. So if you've, here's the thing. If you've done a raid race before, send me a DM on Twitter. If you're interested in enrolling with my crew, if you haven't just don't. Cause like here, the, the experience I've had is people just, they don't know what it takes. It takes a tremendous amount of work and just nonstop grinding and they're not prepared for it. So the day of the raid, they're just, they're already like taxed. You know, mm -hmm. but if you've done it before, you know how to effectively manage your time a little bit better. That's all. It's just good it's tough. luck. It's not easy. <laughs> I am yeah. not doing that. Have you, ever done a, have you ever done a day one, Paul? No, I haven't. Um, I mean, not in any serious capacity, like here and there. But no, I've never actually gone for it. And then that week, especially, like there's way too much other stuff I got to cover. So both I, both new consoles come out. Um, it's going to be near Cyberpunk, right? Two days after two days Cyber after yeah, two, days. Uh, two days. Demon Souls, I think, is out that week. Can what you only name two? There's like eleven games. That's it. <laughs> well, the ones that I every care launch about. game. Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed, Valhalla. Valhalla. Assassin's, Creed. Uh, Assassin's Creed, Valhalla. Call of Duty. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Call of Duty. Yeah, there's a lot uh, of games. Now I want to bring it up. <laughs> I, I've, I've, I keep adding to this list. It's crazy. They just added Borderlands. I think the new Avengers character is probably going to come out around then, if I had to well, guess. Because it just got delayed. They just, they just announced October. the delay for that today. Yeah. It said shortly after the end of October, which sure sounds like uh, right around on, that time to me. Here's what's on my list. Destiny 2 on the 10th, the Xbox on the 10th, PS5 on the 12th, Assassin's Creed, Godfall, Demon's Souls, Spider-Man, uh, Call of Duty, Cyberpunk, the Fortnite season will be around then. Uh, high roll, and that's just stuff that I'm tracking, right? That's rough. Uh, mm -hmm. That's rough. Yeah. That's a rough time. Thank yeah. God Halo got delayed, dude. I don't know if I could handle that. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't think I could. Oh, I don't think that would have even been yeah. good for Halo. Yeah, with that much competition, but some of these games are going to have to wait until been better for Xbox. <laughs> so yeah. uh, I'm, I'm actually, I'm really, really happy about the, the delay to the 10th. I jokingly said on Twitter, I'd be fine if they delayed it till December. There's just too much. Oh, I, I joked about that too. And people got real mad. <laughs> so like, nobody, nobody wants to wait a month. People are yeah, just really ready. There's too much happening in, in November. Mm -hmm. See, but we're in a, we're in a bubble. Like we're the people that are are getting both consoles and are are either have to or want to play all those games and can buy all those games or will get review copies. What I'm hearing from a lot of like average gamer types is like they can only really pick up one or two games 
and then one of those is going to be beyond light so they don't want it delayed because they were willing to you know they weren't going to be purchasing all six of those games that come out in four days so mm. it doesn't really affect people as much as it does us i think but for us it's like total nightmare fuel that's a fair so, assessment so real talk yeah. just thinking about the raid and everything what is going to be distracting you besides the new consoles besides the new consoles what do you think will distract you the most from destiny during that time period for me a cyberpunk period like that's that's the game and demon souls those are the two games that i'm going to be like probably playing a ton what about you travis yeah, well, you're, Demon's, you'll be that's, on Destiny. That's kinda, I'll be on Destiny because of the review, yeah. but I think, you know, before... Oh, God, you know what? I'm not even going to be able to touch Demon's Souls, am I? Yeah, I, I mean, my goal will be to you know, be as much done with uh, the Destiny review as I can be before Cyberpunk comes out, because that is also the big one for me. Uh, Demon's Souls is pretty big. I kind of just want to play everything. Oh, Yakuza, that game I hear is really good. Yakuza Like a Dragon, I want to play that too. Um, I really like Launch Windows, I love that there's like so many different things to try out on the new consoles. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for a lot of those games, but I'm sort of anchored to destiny two because of the review. <laughs> so I will probably just be playing that from the 10th all the way to the 22nd or whenever I finish the, uh, the raid. I assume you're on the review. I don't know though. So yeah, yeah, probably. yeah. That's not my call to make Brian. <laughs> you? What's, what's going to be you're, I know you're really hardcore into destiny. You're rating with uh, concerned, right? Yeah, I am rating with the boys and concerned. Um, so yeah, so a lot of my time is going to be obviously focused on Destiny, but it is in that that you know weird spot. We've been waiting for Cyberpunk for like eight years now. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a big you know, obviously I'm spend a lot of time in there, but I'm a big like fan of games with loot in it. So I'm really crossing my fingers that Godfall is going to be a good game. Um, so I'm gonna try. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna get my hands in that and see, you know, see how that plays, um, and see if that starts taking up some time. I doubt it, but I'm I'm still hoping for that. But yeah, I'm gonna try and make sure that my time is prioritized in Destiny because Beyond Light looks like it's real fun, and plus I want to do the day one raid, so I've got to make sure that the prep is going. Paul, yeah, I mean Destiny. Even if I'm not day one rating or, or doing an official review, which I probably will do eventually. Like it's mm -hmm. Destiny's my priority. I'm gonna be writing what one to two articles about it a day every day for the first three weeks. Like so I, I will have to prioritize that. Cyberpunk is probably number two easily. Um and that's good I mean I'm hoping by the nineteenth, by the time that rolls around, since I, I'm not gonna do the raid day one, I'll have a good amount of time in Beyond Light. Um balances other stuff i am interested in valhalla that's probably going to have to get shelved till december i'm not doing demon souls it's just not my thing uh godfall I, again i like brian i hope i hope Godfall's good i have a weird feeling about godfall like it's just i can't quite put it into words but nothing i've seen about that game even though it being kind of geared directly towards me gives me like a ton of confidence that it's going to be like amazing i just but it doesn't look bad either. So it's just kind of a strange situation with Godfall in that I hope it works out, but I have the last two times, you know, we've seen this with Avengers and, and Anthem. It's been a it's been pretty shaky at, at the start. So we'll, we'll see how it launches, but I'm definitely curious about it. And that's, that's something I will at least play at launch. And it's like one of the few kind of real next gen games um, that are coming. And then I, I want to play Miles Morales too, but that's what yeah. at minimum 25 hours story no way. spin off. So yeah. I, I don't. I don't have any idea how this is going to work logistically. <laughs> I'm going to have to 
yeah, split I, myself I, into multiple dimensions or something. But I am in the I'm in the same boat. Like uh, it just hasn't done anything for me. Uh, Godfall specifically. There yeah. was one other thing we didn't yeah. really talk about. Um, so twelve thirty. A, I, I don't think that's really an issue. Like it, it's it's 103 light, but you got to remember, like every blue drop you get is going to be powering you up. All the purple things that you get, and like the game has been extra showering you with loot. I don't think it's going to be as difficult as it seems, you know. Um, but there was there was, we can talk about that. But in addition, they also said this year the ritual for naming the winners will be different. Following all the immediate fanfare and bustle that follows our, the checkered flag, our data scientists will be spending extra time validating the finishing team's run. Except for, expect the official announcement for Worlds First to come a bit later than usual. This is because they want to disqualify anybody who uses a hack or any sort of unnatural way to gain an advantage. I think, and I, I think specifically they're looking at hacks, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Community. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so, so, any any thoughts on the twelve thirty? Do you think that's going to be difficult to hit? And uh, what do you think about them waiting? I think it's the right move. I want to hear from the panel though. Paul first. Um, probably twelve thirty is not going to be that hard. It, it's probably going to be what at least one hundred and fifty or one hundred hundred and fifty levels of just any drop you get is an upgrade to some extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's usually what it what happens when we get to these kind of larger expansions where just everything you get for a while. Um, I, did we did we learn what they're doing with bounty stacking, like and and stuff like that? Like if that's gonna yeah, sure did it. Okay, so I well I know artifact power is not a thing for the raid, so that's not really a factor with XP. But I mean, you could get some potentially some easy powerfuls out of that at the very least. It's also about unlocking the artifact perk. So if like they yeah. if they have any new good mods that seeming like that are seeming like they're gonna be like really you know necessary for the raid you're gonna want you know bounty stack is gonna really help you unlock gotta get to the last tier and get oppressive darkness too or whatever i think the real Um, challenge is gonna be 1200 right what what is is that the like the the floor for then when you can only have powerful drops after that i'm honest i'm honestly just guessing based off of how they've described it so like the last 30 power is probably going to be what's hard not the first because what are we at right now 10 we're at 1060 yeah. Correct. Yeah. So, so 140 would be yeah. 1200. Yeah. 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 So it's 12, getting to 1200 should be easy because 1260 is supposed to be the cap, right? The full, like the actual pinnacle cap. Like you go mm-hmm. from, I think 1250, or I imagine 1250 will be the the pinnacle cap, and then then it goes up to 1260, like they have in the past, where like the last 10 are just incredibly hard to get. Well, outside of power, we, we're not really talking about something that is totally different this time, which is stasis. And we, yeah. we don't know how stasis is unlocked. We don't know how all the new aspects and fragments work. And so like everyone Mods. might be like, oh, I'm going to be well warlock and bubble titan, yeah. whatever. But we don't really know how stasis will perform in a raid. And it's the only class that has this super kind of modification system that could be a lot more useful than the existing subclasses. We, we don't know yet. So I guess that'll be something people figure out in the first week or so. You're absolutely right. Everyone's going to be talking about that new, new, oh, Stasis is so cool. But realistically, come on, we're going to be using Well Warlocks. We're going to be using Bubble, <laughs> Bubble Titans for the DPS boost. And we're going to be using, if it's there, Oppressive Darkness for that extra void damage, right? I I, I don't think uh, Oppressive is going to be a thing. No, but, no. But no like, I think they're taking the, it out, yeah. The mod system is changing. Elemental Affinity is changing. There's going to be a lot of things that are going to change how you play the game. 
but I do think there are some staples that you're just going to need in a raid, like crowd control, hunter tether, <laughs> just all those things. Exactly. This is crowd control now, so <laughs> yeah, it's going to be sure. real D- different kind really of crowd control. Really, really fun. Yeah. Uh, anybody else have want to throw in their two cents, Travis or Brian? No, I. I mean, I hope you guys are right, and it's really easy. I hope you're right. I hope that it's not a crazy climb and it's easy to get to 1230 and then you guys have to push for like 1215 above. But uh, I, I really don't have any guesses, to be honest. So, Brian, you worried? I, no, I don't I don't think 1230 is going to be hard. Like like I was saying, I think 1200 is going to be easy. Um, and then then getting to 1230 is just is just being smart about um, when you're using your powerful drops. Um, and it comes down to that. Well, obviously, it's going to come down to RNG too. So, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I, I think twelve thirty is going to be fine. I don't think it's going to be difficult. I absolutely agree. I'm not worried at all. Are you guys worried about the the light level requirement? Let us know in the comments below. Okay, the last topic is all about next gen consoles. As as you know, like the new version of Destiny Two coming out November tenth. Free upgrade on Xbox, PS Five, Series S. Um, you're just going to be able to play on the next gen of consoles, next generation of consoles. However, however, you're not going to have 60 frames. You're not going to have uh, a field of view slider, faster load times, cross gen play until December 8th. So there's two things going on here. One, the fact that they're adding an FOV slider, everybody was like, hell yeah. Some console players were like, what does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> like PC players know what that does is it expands the view of your camera. So basically like my camera right now is at like 30. Now it's at 60 because you can see more of what's going on in my frame, right? I'm just sort of using it as an example. And then uh, on PC, you can expand it all the way out to 110. So you basically get like a cone of, of vision that's even wider than what you're seeing like right now when I'm full full camera. That's really, really exciting. And I, I think console players are really going to be surprised when they see just how much more information that you have at all times. I think that is the cause of the delay more than the frame rate reason. I feel like they can do 60, uh, the faster load times. It sucks that they just delayed all of it instead of just like, hey, we can do 60 right now at the current FOV. What do you mean? delay your guys load times. Like load, load times by default. Well, that's just because the be hardware is yeah, yeah, right. Right. yeah. That, that alone is going to be enough for some console players to be like, whoa, like holy crap. Because it's, it's going to be blindingly faster if you don't have an SSD right now. So I think, I think that alone will help people to a certain extent. Yeah, for sure. But like, what was your reaction to this? I thought the FOV thing was cool. I nerded out about it. Travis, what did you think? You, you played on Xbox Same for years. Thing. Yeah. yeah, I've been playing on Xbox for years and having played on PC. Obviously, I know the benefits of PC, right? Like FOV slider is a very useful, like I said, in Crucible, especially it's super useful. And when you go back to console, it takes a little bit of readjusting to get back to the FOV slider. So I'm glad they're getting closer to parity. Um, it, it does suck that it's not at launch because you would think that this is something that happens organically, right? Like they didn't patch in 60 FPS and destiny. It's just, it kind of automatically adjusts based on your, the power that you have. And I feel like it should work similarly in the console space, but uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, I obviously I'm excited for December 8th, but it, it's too bad that, you know, our review will be done, <laughs> which is probably going to be a, ca- a lot of capture on console and stuff. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Brian, console player to start with you moved over to pc this is cool right 
Yeah, not it, the it, delay, it, but the, the no, the delay is definitely unfortunate. But I mean, yeah, it's finally good to see that because I've been, you know, I, I moved over from you know Xbox One over to PC because of the frame rate. I was sick of you know sick of playing things at thirty frames. You know, being able to play you know at hundred plus frames on PC is nice. Having the field of view slider, um, I'm actually impressed that they're adding a view uh, a field of view slider like i just i just never never thought that would happen on a console to be honest because like of limiting tech especially in a game like destiny that's like crazily cpu heavy um with what it requires to run um so i'm excited to finally get to that point because like i've said in the past like sometimes i just want to go lay down in bed and turn on my xbox and grind some strikes out and it's hard to do that you know, when you're when you're used to playing on a screen, and it might sound really elitist, but playing it going from like 144 frames down to 30 is rough. It's rough on the eyes, and it, it almost just makes it unbearable to play. So I'm glad that you know it's finally going to be um, 60 on console because that's a bit bit more to handle. I agree with you, but I almost don't like talking about it because it sounds like. I'm being an elitist by saying like, does, I don't like playing at 30, but when like your brain just gets used to playing at a higher refresh rate and a higher frame rate, it's hard to go back to something that's slower, especially for a shooter. Um, it, it, just looks, it, yeah. it looks buggy at that point. Is, mm -hmm. is the thing. Yeah, it takes, your brain has to readjust to the, the 30 frames. And then when you go mm -hmm. back to PC, you're like, oh yeah, okay, I'm getting all this more information. And mm -hmm. that's hard to convey. I'm excited for console players to be able to try this out on December 8th. Paul, what is what is your take on the new features and like how do you feel about the delay? Um, yeah, the FOV slider, people always used to talk about this like back before I was really into PC gaming and I was like, what what is this? And then I, I got to experience it kind of with Destiny first and foremost. And it, the, for me, the best way I can describe it is, yes, it gives you more information because it's a wider field of view and a wider cone so you can see more. <laughs> But it, it makes the game feel so much faster. Yeah. And like it's it's a perception issue. Like you're not moving faster, but just some sort of scientific thing that I cannot fully explain. <laughs> because you have a wider field of view, like there's a YouTube video that demonstrates this if you look up like field of view. Uh, it, it just makes it seem like you are moving faster than you actually are. And it just it gives kind of mobility a, a, a a perception boost in a way that I, I don't think people are going to expect or really be ready for. So I think that is something to get very excited about. Mm -hmm. The delay is, is weird. Um, I, I'm sure there was some talk about delaying the whole thing to, to December, but that ship has kind of sailed at this point. So I, it, it is a bummer because I, I know a lot of people saying like, Oh, what's the first thing you're going to play next gen destiny and 60 FPS. Like obviously, uh, but now you can't really do that. Um, that said, I do think console players who who normally exclusively play on console will still be excited about things like uh, faster load times. And there's not going to be or there shouldn't be menu lag anymore, which is obviously been a huge problem on console. But the SSD should fix that. Um, it did for me this generation. So I'm hoping that will come through. And then a month later, you get a super patch. And then for the rest of your console time playing, it's going to be like that. So... It's not ideal, but it's also not, you know, the end of the world. There was one other aspect that we didn't cover off on that I was just remembering as I was reading through the Bungie.net article. Uh, for cross-generation play, Xbox Series X and S players can play with Xbox One players. PS5 players can play with PS4 players. The default PS4 comes with a 5400 RPM laptop drive, basically, right? Inserted in there. Not an SSD nothing so if you queue into a game with somebody on 
an older gen piece piece of hardware with uh, slower <laughs> components and that 5400 RPM hard drive, the load times aren't going to be the issue. You'll be sitting there staring at a black screen like when I'm playing on an M2 and I queue with somebody on a slow PC hard drive, for example, right? It's going to be the same problem. So cross-generation play sounds great in theory, but I thought of that and I was like, oh man, that's actually kind of a bummer because you might be throttled by cross-playing with old... Like, yes, there will be a larger player pool, but you're still going to be hitting these walls of loading because of that. How, did you guys consider that at all when you were reading this? Because, like, it took me a little bit to make that realization. I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be like when I was installed on my slower hard drive and I queued with my friend Marcus, who was on an M2, right? So Yeah. So I, I thought about this immediately because I think we talked about it on an episode. Like, are you going to be able to play with old you know, Xbox One players? And now we know the answer is yes. So it seems the consoles are going to have the same problem that PC, the PC community has had. And uh, you even experience it now a little bit on the current consoles. Like, I have an Xbox One X. And when I play with people who have an OG Xbox One, uh, I, I load up into a strike. And then none of the enemies spawn for, like, 60 seconds while my buddy loads in right and if you do matchmaking the same thing happens so i don't know if it'll be that much of a difference but if we're loading in that much faster than people that are on old consoles that that weight could become kind of ridiculous and i think that might be an issue <laughs> so we'll see what happens what about you uh brian or paul did you guys consider this like this th people are going to be confused who don't know about like hard drive speed and yeah. like the technology behind it like oh i have my 12 teraflops on xbox why is it still taking so long to load well it's because you're queuing with somebody on an older piece of hardware basically this sounds I mean, like an article i'll have to write <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, why sure, are my load times so slow on yeah, ps5 right? I mean, I just, I, I've been living this ever since I got my SSD for PS4 Pro. Like, the, my buddies don't have one, so everything we do, I'm loading in, you know, a minute, 90 seconds before them, and it's just you're sitting at a black screen or running around an empty map most of the time. So I'm hoping maybe there's some sort of grouping system where it's going to prioritize next-gen players together so this won't happen all the time, and it's yeah. not just going to, like, have a giant PlayStation pool. Um, but it, I can't... I, now that you bring that up, it isn't really something I considered, but I think you're definitely going to see people running into that, especially around launch, especially before everyone who wants a PS5 or an Xbox Series X can get one. For sure. Yeah, uh, I think just, another another question like that that I would have is more about like the frame rate, right? Because you're going to be playing people in Crucible who are running oh. 30 FPS, <laughs> and that seems to me like a way bigger problem than load times. Like, Probably. if you're on an Xbox One, you're just getting destroyed by people who are on the Series X running 60 FPS. Even the Series S, I mean, that's still it's 1080p, but it's it's 60 FPS. So I I just see like there being like a a, a generation gap in Crucible and anything competitive that's going to be pretty tough. An argument. I I don't. I have a hard time like. I have a hard time agreeing with that argument, mostly because like, because in the PC space, you're already dealing with that, right? Because you, you know, you could have someone who's running a rig that can run the game at 160 frames a second, but somebody can also run the game who can get, who can barely get it over 30 frames a second. It, it just depends on the price of their rig and that, that parity already exists on PC because of the broad, you know, types of PC that already exist. So it's like that. The argument, sure, I get that somebody might have an advantage, but it's like that already exists in Destiny or literally any game that's on PC where the frame rates can differ depending on who, on what hardware different you, people are running. 
you actually strengthen the point though, Brian, because if you're playing and you've optimized your copy of Destiny 2 on PC to run with a, I've been just doing this latency article, so I'm sort of obsessed with it right now. But if you're running at a 20 millisecond latency machine, I'm using a, like I've been using a 360 hertz monitor, right? Mm -hmm. I'm pushing as many frames as I possibly can in Destiny 2, even though I'm a like novice to intermediate level player, I don't consider myself to be great. I have an advantage over a player running at a 60 yeah, refresh rate. I'm not saying the advantage isn't there. I'm just saying that the the problems already exist, right? It's not yeah. it's not a problem that's going to be exclusive to console. Because no, it, just expand it. Yeah, I mean like how how is PC yeah. PVP bit going? Like right. not great. Right? <laughs> that's my point. For is like if, already, yeah. if it doesn't work on PC, maybe it's not going to be a great thing. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's just going to, I mean that that's just the problem with tech, right? It's like it's not a problem of the game. It's just like yeah. that's what happens, right? It's like it, it, you know, we can't have one or the other. So it's like we have to have smaller player bases on each system or we let them play nicely together. But sure, if you have that older hardware, you might you might find yourself at a disadvantage. Um, but yeah, for sure. Anyway, it's just something that sort of popped into my brain and I was and yeah. <laughs> I wanted to throw it your guys' way. Uh, there was one other thing I wanted to discuss uh, on the show. It's sort of weird, but uh, I'll just bring it up here. So the Korean <laughs> Destiny game tweeted out all this stuff is in Korean and using uh, the translate powered by Google. It says, Dear Guardians, we have prepared a small event for you with the Festival of the Dead. It is, it is an event for the brave and smart people. Find the answer and the clues we will provide soon. So is something coming? Like, we already have the, the lens, right? Are they teasing something with the lens? Or is this the tree thing that you were talking about off air, Brian? Like, what do you guys think this is? Tree thing? What thing tree thing I was talking about? The, the climbing the up tree the tree. Jumping, I think I was talking oh, about it. Tree. I don't think it's the tree. I mean, they're showing a picture of the tree, but I don't think it's jumping no, on yeah. the tree to get candy. I think it's it's something else. But I... I don't know. Nothing happened to reset. This is only in Korean. We have not seen teasers from anywhere else, so far as we know. So it, it could be region specific. Like I know Koreans have their own vendor. That's like the, their own thing over there. Um, that said, like it, it just seems like a good idea to me to get the ascended lens. Like by the end of this event, yeah. It's a very weird thing. Like it, it looks somehow related to the lore. Uh, it, it's in a totally new section of of collections, just called collectibles. And it just sits there, and that's that's weird. So it it just seems like something you should have, uh, especially now that ciphers are not terribly hard to get anymore. So mm -hmm. over the course of the next couple of weeks here, I would probably get one because who knows? <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen it at all, but the ascendant lens looks exactly like those installations that you can find when you're running around the Dreaming City. Um, and it just, does reference the Dreaming City, so maybe yeah, we haven't figured out what we're supposed to do with it yet. Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine that it's just something that just sits in your collectibles. Did anybody no do idea. the Marasov meeting or anything like that and see if it was usable? I I just mm. went to see if it spawns the the platforms for when you become ascendant, and it doesn't. So because people are like, oh, it's going to replace tincture of queen's foil, and they're going to depreciate that. It doesn't do that. So, no. <laughs> uh, and th I heard some like far flung rumor that this is a part of the Hawk Moon quest, but like that seems weird to me because. This is such an oh, obscure man. thing to get. It can't be that big. Mm -hmm. So, like, I and if people miss that, then they're they're out of luck for the Hawkmoon quest. Like, that nah, doesn't make any sense. So well, that would be crazy. But my guess is like it could be something neat, but it's probably not like essential. 
but if you care enough to like care about any of this, maybe just get it just in case. Yeah, yeah. It's like I was saying it last uh, last week's episode. It's like this wouldn't be the first time that Festival of Loss has had an exotic tied to it because we did have Thunderlord on the first Festival of Loss. Yeah. Um. Yeah. After doing after doing that murder mystery. I did it, and then I just, I'm never doing another run again through the Haunted Forest, <laughs> unless it involves oh, the stupid I, I, Ascendant lines, you know. I'm really glad I didn't do it, because now they made the drop rate better. I, I basically haven't touched Festival, so I'm going to do that in the next couple weeks here. So There's nothing really tied to it. Travis, give me a guess as to what you think the Ascendant lens does, or what this event is, and uh, just make it outlandish as possible. Go. Oh, as outlandish as possible? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, the Ascendant Lens is uh, a key item that you need in Beyond Light to unlock the fourth playable Guardian class. There we go. Whoa, whoa. Okay. <laughs> I, I think somewhere in the Dreaming City, you'll use it to access a module, and you will meet the new light character that we learned about last week for the first time and uh, get to interact with him prior to the release of Beyond Light. Brian, what's your craziest guess? Just make up something so, dumb. My, 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 I think it's gonna. I, I, definitely not Hogmoon, but I think it's going to be tied to an exotic somehow. Don't know what well, it is. Uh, Sorry, it's the Brian. first piece of decoration for our guardian apartments that we're going to get in the last city, and then we're just going to have collectibles that we get to put up yes. around our apartment, including looking into yes. the ascendant lens in our in our bathroom or something. So amazing. Yeah. I like that one better than the fourth character class. Let's let's do that. <laughs> all right, that's all. That's actually all I had for this week. I just wanted to <laughs> talk about it because like there's not a lot to go on with it. It's like okay, there's probably going to be another festival thing, and we already had the ascendant land, so we kind of figured that anyway. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining joining me on the show today, Paul. It was great having you back. Where can people find your stuff? Uh, at Paul Tassi on Twitter. Google me for all my articles. I'm on YouTube now, Poltassi there, and I wrote some books on Amazon. I hear the Ascendant Lens will actually get you free access to YouTube.com slash Poltassi. So be sure to really? be sure to go to that get website. You're on that paywall, yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Help them out. Uh, Travis. I gotta Brian. do a video this week. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> it's going well. Yes. Travis Brian, pleasure as always. Yeah, you can right. uh, read my review of Genshin Impact on IGN.com if you if you are into that Genshin thing. Impact podcast. Yes. Oh boy, <laughs> yes. you guys can Perfect. knock yourself out. Yeah, <laughs> you I'm Genshin <laughs> on that idea. Oh boy, all right, fine. <laughs> And thank you also. Uh, that's all we have for this week, everybody. Thank you so much to Travis Bryan, our guest, Paul Tassi. Until next time, everybody, Guardians, Guardians out. Guardians out. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. 
That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.